0: This is Ray Houghton, and you are listening to the Fulham Focus podcast.
1: Oh, yes, a good evening, a good afternoon or a good morning to you, however you may be listening and wherever you may be listening. This is the Fulham Focus podcast coming to you live on a Monday night or depending on when you're listening to this, a Tuesday morning, a Thursday afternoon, whenever, but we're just here to talk all things Fulham, as I know we all love to do and you all love to listen to. But first, thanks to Ray Houghton for introducing this week's show. Ray made 145 appearances, scoring 21 goals for the Whites across three seasons. He was the star player in a whirlwind Malcolm McDonald side that played entertaining football, narrowly missing out on promotion to the top flight away to Derby in unjustified circumstances. Uh, Houghton's individual moment of glory came when he scored one of Fulham's most iconic goals, lobbing the keeper at St. James's Park from 30 yards out as the Whites went on to record a a 4-1 rather away win. Let's hope for more of that this weekend. Ray Houghton, we salute you. For some reason, I've been asked to host this week. Jay Mack was busy, so I've been over to take over to you. But enough about me. Let's all go through and introduce our panel for tonight. And I shall start off, um, I think I'll go geographically tonight. I'm going to guess from where I am, we're going to go down to Brighton uh, and introduce Matt Dom. Matt, a good evening to you, sir. Good evening, mate. Good. Um, by the way, anyone who's, a, um, anyone who's expecting a long winded rant about how posh I am in the words of J, in the style of J Mac, very disappointed. I am very much. Lower, lower, lower class compared to him. So don't expect anything along those lines. But enough about me. Uh, let's get back to introducing our guests. And it's Mark Wyatt coming all the way from, apparently on this thing, it says Margate, or somewhere near there. So Mark, good evening to you.
2: Nowhere near Margate, but good evening to you as well, Matthew.
1: Blame the technology. That's what it's saying to me. <laughs> That's what I'll go with. Right, enough about introducing the panel. We've got to get into the into the meat of the Of tonight's podcast and at West Ham, I think we've all had reasonable time to calm down over the result and, you know, just recover from what was pretty devastating result. I don't know if devastating is too harsh a word to say, but when you consider how we started out the game and then just the sucker punch and sucker punches of the two West Ham goals, it's fair to say that, that it was a very disappointing game. And, you know, Going up to the... Uh, uh, we'll start off with the opening 10 minutes. We had three very clear chances, Abu Karkamara being Kamara being the clearest one. We were cutting them open well. We actually had something going. Um, Matt, what what did you think about this, the opening sort of 10, 15 minutes of the game? And, you know, we've talked a lot about our defence being uh, not not great this season, but based on the fact that we couldn't convert anything in that opening 10 minutes do we need to be concerned about our attack as well going forward
0: it's difficult whether we need to be concerned i mean the good, the good news is we did create some chances and there were some two or three really good chances in the opening 10 minutes but you know attack normally miss chances um throughout a game and if you let everyone in at the other end then it doesn't really matter what you do at the other uh, in attack but that i've watched it back and that um kamara one was an unbelievably good chance you can see kind of how slow his brain is working he doesn't know what he's going to do when he's when he gets played through and in the end it's sort of i thought it was a, a world-class save and i've looked i've watched it back and he makes it easy for the keeper he sort of it's a, a bit of a powder puff shot there's not much in it he should have gone across the keeper but he, he went down low and he didn't put any power on it and it was a really a really bad miss and then you know when we were one nil down The chance that uh, Mitrovic had, Uh, fair enough, he's done really well to get to it. But having won that, got to the end of that header, he really should be putting that in the net. So it's a fair point you make about whether we should be concerned about the attack. But we're creating chances. So for me, it's still we just need really need to tighten up at the back, otherwise we've got no chance.
1: Yeah, Mark, uh, touching on what touching on what Matt said there, you know, the 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 most obvious one is the Abuka Kamara chance. Do you think that's something that? No, he's been somewhat in and out of the side recently. Do you think that's something that if he had more regular game time under his belt, and he would, it would be something that he, you know, he'd be more likely to finish because he'd have now a little bit more confidence b- b- about being a regular starter. You know, do you think that the fact that he's you know had a bit of a spell on the sidelines and has only just come back into the fray, do you think that had any any effect on it on it at all?
2: To be blunt, no. Uh, I don't think he's a good enough finisher. Uh, i really don't i mean if you compare his chance to um uh, i think it was Ivan Caviera in the wolves game very similar chances being released through on goal one on one versus the keeper different side different angle on it but caviera can tuck it away nicely and it's not down to confidence i don't think it's just down to genuine technical ability and unfortunately i think we uh, we we lack that in, in in our in our front kind of in our forwards i think mitrovic is is a natural finisher but Past him, I I don't think we have anyone who uh, I'd feel confident when they're running through on goal. Uh, he he's missed a couple of chances. The one at Liverpool stands out when he uh, came through on goal. I think Scherler takes so many shots that we'd probably see a lot more goals from him if he was as clinical as our other players. And I think Kamara is just not good enough in those positions. He needs to be a lot more calm and collected. And I don't think that's going to come with a run of games. I just don't think he's a good enough player, unfortunately.
1: See, now, now my... Take on you know where no, he's not a good enough finisher. it wasn't too dissimilar the you know the, the position it wasn't too dissimilar from his goal the other week against against Lester, so it's obviously something that he's shown that he he can finish but you know, as i you know, as i alluded to whether or not it's just the fact that it's you know a run of a lack of a run of games and you know Ranieri is you know somewhat famous for the whole for the whole tinkerman thing and in fact, we'll in fact we'll go on to the ticket man thing. The fact that he named an unchanged back four slash back five, if you want to if you want to count, of Sergio Rico in goal. Uh, Matt, did that somewhat surprise you? The fact that you know we as we said we've had concerns about our defence in the past, and you know Slav's way of work of trying to work that out was keep switching the back four until I find some the one some that can keep a clean sheet. Were you somewhat surprised that he went with the same back line as the one that shipped? Uh, Four goals at Old Trafford?
0: It's not a surprise so much that because we've been crying out all season for a consistency in the back line. So it's not a surprise that he's gone for it. But it is a surprise, I think, which four he's he's opted for. He's moved doy back to right back. And I mean, I, I really like doy as a, a person. He seems like a lovely bloke. But... And I was really hoping to be wrong about him, but he is not up for this level. And I would even question whether he was, he was good enough for, for the championship. Um, he He's prone to four or five mistakes, or, or maybe up to five mistakes every game. And you he, he just don't get away with it at this level. In the championship, we were good enough going forward that we outscored teams most of the time. And it was easy to kind of not notice what, what he was doing at the back. But let's look at that first goal. Firstly, why is he so high up the pitch when they start to attack? And then, why are you diving in? <laughs> I'm sure we're going to come come, come on to doy, but I'll stop there for now <laughs> and go back to answer the question. I'm not surprised that Ranieri stuck to it because it, it's what's needed. But I just don't think Adoy particularly should be anywhere near that team.
1: Mark, I'll ask the same question to you. Were you surprised about this back four? You know, we're going to get onto the goals themselves in a second. And, you know, I think a lot of people are going to be very angry about uh, about Dennis Odoi's you know, contribution this weekend. But just in general, were you surprised at that back four?
2: I wasn't surprised, no. I, I don't think there was much of a difference we could have made to it. And I think consistency, especially in your defence, is really important in this league. So um, I think he chose probably the, 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 the right team, especially seeing as we're playing at home. This isn't exactly like we're playing, you know, uh, an away game like of late against Chelsea or United, you know. Ones where we expect to have our backs against the wall, so I was quite pleased to see the, the the same kind of consistency in that back five. But again, it was just you know for the millionth time this season, just an awful defensive performance. Uh, I thought it was absolutely shocking at times that the space that we are affording West Ham when they had the ball, and it wasn't just down to them collectively. It was down to individual mistakes and uh, and simple errors. I thought Joe Bryan was uh, had one of his worst games for us as well and I thought Tim Ream looked you know a far cry a player of what he was like last year for us and again Alfie Mawson I mean he kind of he seemed to be a pick up a bit of consistency at some point in the last few games but now that kind of has gone back on itself again because I thought it was a bad performance from him and I mean I don't even need to mention Dennis Adoy's name because we all know exactly how he fared on Saturday night so as going back to your question, I think I wasn't surprised we played that that defense. I was surprised, if anything, about how badly they performed together.
1: Right, indeed. Now, I suppose it's time we've got to get into the goal. You know, Matt uh, alluded to it earlier. The first goal. You know, oh, no, I'm just I'm just going to leave I'm just going to leave it open to you because I've you know gone past the point of you know. However, many times I've looked, have just so many questions to be asked. Um. That I can't really put my mind down to a single one to us. So I'm just going to sort of open the floor over to you. If you want to you know, discuss both goals, if you so desire, because both of them are sort of equally as bad as each other. I think one of us on the much coveted and much desired to be in Fulham Focus WhatsApp group said it was the worst goal we've conceded this season, that being the second one. I'll just, you know, open. I think this is one where one of you wanted to have your rant. So I'll just open it over to you. And you just sort of give it all barrels. Matt, you first. (laughs) Uh,
0: I think it was me who mentioned that about that second goal being the worst. I I think I stand by that of the 42 we've conceded this season. I mean, it was there were four or five separate errors just in the one goal. I mean, so we (laughs) let's start with the cross comes in. Adoya is what five, 10 yards off his man with no attempt to block the cross whatsoever. By the way, both goals come from that side of the pitch. Uh Mawson, for some reason, is marking air on the box. He he pushes up towards the cross. I don't know whether he sort of half thinks Adoy might get a touch to it, but I, I don't know what he's thinking. But it means Re- Ream sees Mawson step up, so he has to come across to the striker, who, by the by the way, Chikorito, the nickname, that stands for little P. Spare that in mind when he beats Tim Ream in the air, who's supposed to be a centre-back and flicks it on to Antonio, who's then got the entire box to score from. Joe Bryan, he should be tucking into cover, but for some reason earlier in the move, he's tried to close the ball down up, up near the halfway line, but then there's no communication between him and Andre Schurler, and Schurler should be covering for him, but he's just sort of jogging around by himself outside the box. At every single one, barring Rico, has is massively at fault for that goal, and it's absolutely terrible, especially considering we've brought in a manager who's supposed to be dealing with the defence. So, you know, have I seen that wrong or or is that the worst goal we've conceded you know, so far?
1: No, I think I think when you sort of factor in everything about it, you mentioned the fact that Javier Hernandez won a header in the box. If that had been Andy Carroll, that would, you know, that would have taken some of the sting off it. If Andre Schirler had run back full pelt from his position and just... Uh, didn't get there in the nick of time, then it would have taken something off because it would have showed that he was trying to do something. Um was that absolutely a, a worst goal we've had all season. You, I'd have to refresh my memory. I'd have to go back and watch all 42. Crikey, that's a, that's a lot to go through. But you know, the first one, Wilfred Zaha uh, at the Hamien, that was, from what I recall, that, that was pretty bad on the day. Um, the first goal, I don't think, there's really too much. You know, you mentioned Dennis and but I think we can also sort of somewhat take nothing away from Robert Snodgrass. It was, it was a fine finish. But Mark, sort of again, going back your views on on goals, goals one and goals two, and do you agree with with Matt that it was the worst goal that we conceded all season?
2: Like you, I I can't be bothered to look through all those goals we've conceded. So I won't brand it the worst one we've conceded so far. Oh, you've got to agree with everything Matt says. I mean, it, it, it's absolutely shambolic. And I think the thing that stuck out the most for me was uh, ball watching. Um, we we were too afraid to kind of go out and, and make challenges. So we just let the ball go past us, let us watch it. Uh, and we just didn't track our runners, which is kind of so such basic kind of stuff. I think for the first goal, very similar to uh, Stuart Armstrong's uh, goal against us for Southampton a few weeks back. Uh, one of those ones where you've just got to applaud the finish. I don't think Rico could have done anything to uh, to get near that one. Uh, and although it could have been avoided getting into that situation, like we said with Adoy again, not closing down his man or trying to do some kind of crazy, weird, twisting leg challenge. Uh, on that far-hand side. I'm not sure what he was doing, but he got mugged off pretty easily by Felipe Anderson there. Yeah, it, it's just individual errors all over again. Um, I think I just agree with Matt that I think everyone needs to look at themselves in that in that dressing room and, and think what's going on there. Because even the midfield, uh, you look in the build-up play to the second goal, the midfield, they're, they're, they're watching the play go by and the ball goes out wide. And by the time it gets into the box, like we said, Andre Scherler, is kind of watching play go by. You've got Seri, who was kind of jogging around on the spot a little bit, just waiting for the ball to kind of recycle. Uh, it's just not good enough for many of the team, is it?
1: No, indeed. And I suppose we may, as well, we may as well go into the second half, even though there wasn't really that much to discuss. But there is a talking point to come out of it. Do you think that that second goal and just the general general atmosphere around the club, certainly around the fans, do you think we just gave up? In that second half, because off the top of my head, I can't think of you know we had the amount of chances we had in the in that first ten minutes. I can't re- recall us off the top of my head having anything anywhere close to that in the second half. It just seemed so lethargic and you know somewhat seeing the game seeing the game out. Uh, Matt, do you do you sort of agree with that? Do you think that there's just a, this level of acceptance? Around the club and around, yeah, it's, and it's sort of drifted. It's drifted down to the players. Or do you think that, or do you think the West Ham made a bigger contribution to that and just you know, shut up shop and didn't give us a chance to start sort of do anything?
0: Yeah, I, I think there's definitely the heads really went down after that second goal. Thinking back, I can't really think of any chances we created after that that goal. To be honest, everything was, you know, when we, when it was nil nil or we were one nil down. So I mean, you can you can kind of understand, you know, we've we've got nine points so far and we're two 0 down. It's pretty much game over from that point. But but yeah, it it, it it kind of brings back the problem is there's no there's no leader out there on the pitch. Tom Kane is a decent captain if you consider if you're you know of the school where you give your best player or one of your best players the captain's armband. I'm I'm not particularly. I don't really see the point of that. But there were no leaders out there. Uh, you know, Mawson, he needs to step up. Um, Mitrovic, it, it, when his head starts to go down, you really kind of think, well, we're done for here. It's it's, it's really hard to take, but, you know, you can't... It's difficult to actually blame them for, for their head dropping when this is happening every week, isn't it?
1: No, absolutely. And, uh, Mark, same question to you. Do you think this level of acceptance is just... Just how bad we are, you know, because every even in the year I, I don't want to say the R word too much for tempting fate, but even the year we went down, you know, 2013-14, there was that level of acceptance through the fact, you know, mainly, you know, the six nil away to Hull, the when we gave away uh, the game against Everton that finished three one, just that level of what more can we do? We're try, we're trying, but our best just isn't good enough. I
2: think you're right, to be honest, which is a shame to say. And I think when you look at the players that should be uh, kind of personifying the opposite of that and trying to drag us out of the hole, you look at people like Tim Ream, Tom Kearney, you know, Mitrovic to an extent, players that last season, you know, we could look to in a game to, uh, to, to pull us out of this kind of rut, considering he's wearing the armband. I think he's really ghosted out of uh, a couple of games now and I think uh, he he can make up for it with a couple of nice touches and sometimes he builds up play well or he'll have a shot and he he is that kind of player that can get the crowd on their feet with a good bit of play but unfortunately we need him to do more and you know players like him and like i said Mitrovic Reem uh, they they need to step up more uh, and and i can't see that fight in them i can't see that desire in them to kind of transition the ball and 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 get people moving and get runners off of them it, it's just not happening at the moment and you know it, it creates a negative atmosphere in the stands as well um and players definitely feed off of you know crowd seeing and getting involved in the game so uh, it it can happen really easily and i think we we're, we're really stuck at the moment and Again, we we had a little mini-revival, didn't we, when Ranieri first came in? Very short-lived, though. Um, And now I fear that we could be going into this Christmas period with our heads down. Uh, If we don't manage to get anything from Newcastle away, you know, it's going to be a a really tricky time when we've got some really big games coming up, especially on the Boxing Day game against Wolves. Um, I think they'll really show, that'll be a really big kind of, obvious glare of the golf indifference between two sides that got promoted if the game against Cardiff wasn't already something to prove that when we got hammered at the City Stadium. But yeah, overall, what else can you say? It needs to be so much better.
1: Right. And you mentioned there about this this tricky uh, Christmas period. We're We're going to touch on Newcastle away in a moment, but you've you've segued me very nicely there into our next section where we're going to discuss the January transfer window and exactly what we need to do. Fulham. welcome back now i don't know whether no 17th of december is round right about the time when you know and sometimes even earlier the rumors start flying about where things are going to go today in fact we uh, heard one today that uh, alexander Mitchovich is being lined up by everton believe it whether or not you do you know reports that he's unsettled since slav left all that nonsense if you if, if you want to believe it believe it if you don't fair enough i don't blame you um but we've got to, we've got to talk about january and whether or not we're going to make change because we we can all agree we can't go on the the same way we have well, there's got to be a change somewhere and as much as i like our academy i don't see uh, a player coming in from there uh, that's going to give the state the same level of boost and, you know, that bit of fight that we, that we need. So it's got to come from outside. We can discuss, uh, we, we can't really discuss how much money we have to spend because there's not really been a sort of firm figure laid down. You no, know, we spent 100 million in the summer. How much of that do we have left or of the money that we gained, How much do we have left? So on and so forth. Matt, I'll go to you first. I personally would say that get everything sorted defensively first and then move your way further up the pitch. Uh, if you want to add a winger, fine. If you want to add a new number 10 and you know, get rid of Seri, which has been rumoured, fine. But I think the first thing we need to do is sort out that defensive line as Claudio Ranieri has alluded to. He's Italian, he likes defence, so on and so forth. But to you, where do you think we need to strength? Where do you think we need to strengthen first? And is there a certain player that you want to go for out there?
0: It's really tricky. Um, obviously the defence, but I still think there are a doer side I still think there are some decent players in there and I still think Ranieri might have a chance to get something out of them um what I think we're lacking uh, in in particularly in the Ranieri type team is pace and obviously the right wing I think is probably our weakest spot or down the right in general um I don't think any of our right backs are any good and I don't think any of our right wingers are any good so um someone someone who can kind of play all along that flank uh would be Victor Moses. Uh I know he's out he's out of favor at, um at Chelsea. Um there's rumors that uh, Crystal Palace might uh, be in for getting him back and and if they're in for him then you know why not if we if Khan decides he wants to try and spend his way out of this issue um then why not go for him you know he's got he's got the pace. Um he could he could do the kind of role that I think is looking for Kamara to play, but he's a far, far superior player. Um, So that's, that's sort of where I'd be looking at, uh, try and, you know, keep coaching the defence, keep the consistency in the defence, but bring in some players who can, who can fit that system of um, counter-attacking football Um, and and Victor Moses fits the bill for me.
1: Okay. So Matt thinks that our first port of call should be to our friends down the road and go and visit Chelsea. You know, we've, isn't it odd how we used to absolutely hate Chelsea, but now you go go back in the past—Thomas uh, Callas, Lucas Piazon, Damian Duff, Scott Parker—we all we all seem to re- embrace former Chelsea players. So obviously something obviously something's changed in the mindset there. Mark, same question to you. Do you have a certain player or a certain uh, area of the pitch that we need to be we need to be focusing on? And if so, you no, know, who who should that magical player be?
2: I think the problems are all over the pitch, so it's difficult to narrow it down. Um, I think if I look at our, our midfield, uh, it's probably the area of the pitch I'm most content with, which uh, is something that Fulham fans haven't been saying for a very long time now. But I think we are sorted in there if, you know, that uh, that combination of Sarri, Anguisa, Kearney and, and Chambers, as much as he's been playing there recently, can work itself out. I think we kind of leave ourselves with two real areas that we need to strengthen. Obviously, one being defence and one, like Matt said, being attack. I think in defence, we've been linked with Gary Cahill from Chelsea. A lot of people have kind of sniffed at that. But equally, I've seen a lot of people very pleased with that. I think that would be a great signing for us if we could get Cahill in. He's experienced. I don't think he'd uh, he'd leave us uh, exposed as we have been at centre-back uh, a few times. And, you know... Uh we, we did get a lot of joy the last time we were in the Premier League from, you know, signing players that were perhaps coming towards the end of their career at a, at a top six, seven club um, and, and managing to find a home for them at the cottage. So if we can do that with Gary Cahill and he can help us out, then that'll be great. Attacking wise, I think we've been linked with um, Slimani, um, who uh, obviously Ranieri has worked with before at Leicester. Uh, he's had a tough couple of years uh, in, in the last few. He's kind of bounced around. I think he's on loan at Fenerbahce at the moment. Um, but this is a guy who scored 30 goals uh, in the in the Portuguese league. Uh, he is 30 years old now, so we'd kind of be doing something, you know, going against our age kind of rule that we've got going on. But it could be an interesting one as well. At the moment, we give a lot of burden to Mitrovic, so I think he needs a bit of time. Uh, and then also I saw this morning we were linked with uh, Jared Bowen, the uh, whole city winger. He plays on the right-hand side and he's left-footed, so he likes to cut in a lot. Uh, and he's done well for Hull and they are kind of struggling in the Championship, but they're definitely in the bottom four or five at the moment. So I can imagine Nigel Adkins would be willing to let him go uh, for a decent price uh, if we could kind of nab him. And he's young as well. And then obviously we've got to mention that Steven Cessnyon signed a new contract today. Um, so I'd like to kind of see him almost as a new signing because he's barely featured so for us this season. And I think he can offer us something, you know, a bit different in the back so yeah there's 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 four players for you
1: okay that's fine uh just a bit of a bit of a teaser for you uh some of the full and focused team have sort of put together their ideal christmas wish list of players they want uh, to sign and have brought in so look out for that in the coming in the coming days where you know whether or not you believe everything's going to be written uh, we we'll, well we'll see about it um just one thing we're talking about players that's going to be brought in do you guys see? You now I touched on Mitrovic earlier, and obviously I don't want it to happen. But whilst it's all there, we have to believe that there is the possibility that some players will leave. You know, uh, I'll give the I'll give the example: Felix McGath. We brought Ryan Tunnicliffe in January, and by March, Tunnicliffe was out on loan to uh, Blackburn. So don't rule out anything that players we've signed in the summer are automatically locked in for a full season. There, there is the chance. There is the chance for some change. Even if it means you have to loan uh, loan out some people or cut or terminate some loans, for instance, do you guys see? Do you guys see us being a selling club as well as a buying club? Again, if so, where do you think the selling is? Go- the selling is going to take place. Uh, Mark, I'll, I'll go to you first. Do you where? If we are to surrender any players, as it were, who do you think? Who do you think it's going to be?
2: Well, it's difficult, isn't it? Because I honestly. Don't really see why anyone would want any of our players at the current time, except for Mitrovic. I don't think that will happen. I think that's all a uh, child's play. I can't see that that transfer happening. Uh, interestingly enough, I've heard rumours that we uh, would potentially uh, see Fossey-Mentzah go back to Manchester United terminate that loan uh in order for us to bring in a, a another loan player due to the kind of rules of how many you're allowed to bring in uh over the set of the season so the only one I could kind of envisage is is maybe if Fossi left um other than that it's, it's a difficult one because although we brought in a lot of players over the summer as we know we we had a very thin squad uh after the playoff final uh and we needed to fill it out so it's not as if we've got an abundance of players that we can offload I th- don't think we'll become a, a much of a selling club unless you know worst comes to worse. and in May we're, we're we're facing another season the Championship, and then I guess we will see you know quite a few of our players have to leave uh, due to financial constraints. But the, as I said, the only player I can really see uh, maybe leaving would be Fosu-Mensah if he if he's going to go back to Manchester United on loan.
1: Yeah, I think many people can sort of see that Timothy fosu time at the club is very short-lived. The fact that he's played so limited... In fact, I don't even think he's played a minute under Claudio Ranieri. Someone will clearly tell me if I'm wrong. Uh, by all means, uh, at Fulham underscore focus or at Mamrie 63 on Twitter. I'm sure people will tell me I'm wrong. I'm I'm looking forward to that. But yeah, um, I, I I agree with you. I'm not 100% sure uh, of uh, legalities and our flexibility in regards to loans, how many we can, how many we can't. If we terminate, for instance, can we terminate Scherler's two-year loan or have we paid a fee in some way that we can't I I'm not 100% sure so we're just going to have to let that all sort of play out uh, play out as it were Matt, same question to you if we are going to be a selling club in january where do you see the you know the extra funds coming from
0: i i think it kind of depends on how we do over the next few games uh, funny if the worst comes to the worst and we've got nine points uh, after new year's day and the January window uh, transfer window opens, then is there some sense in looking to lock in as high a price as possible for some of the players who wouldn't be with us next year? Let's face it: if we've got nine points in January, we're going down. It's looking that way anyway. But you know, it's two or three wins over Christmas, and we still have a chance. And Khan might think, okay, if I get some players that Claudio wants, he he might start to spend a bit. But if we do have nine points, then do we start looking to sell? The players who won't stay with us when we go down, which is, you know, Seri, um, probably Anguista. I think Ryan Sessignon would leave as well. That one's a tricky one, but potentially there's there's quite a lot of money in that to build a squad who will, you know, fight with everything to try and keep us up, but also stick with us to to try and get us up again next year. Um, I I personally can't see us spending too much in January. Uh, I think Raniero is probably brought in to. Get as much as you can out of this current team, and you know, like you say, we've got quite a small squad anyway, so it wouldn't actually make much sense to to get rid of any of them.
1: No, no, I, I somewhat agree, but I do somewhat agree with the point with the point that you raised in that a lot of our, what we're going to be doing in January will de- will depend on how well we do in these next couple of games. If we re- if we reel off wins against. Uh, I don't know what the order is. Uh, Newcastle, Wolves and Hudsfield, I think that's right. If we reel off and get nine points out of that, then we're looking at a much stronger position. But in turn, if we find ourselves, you know, five points off the drop in Jamie having lost, uh, having lost those three games, then again, again, I wouldn't totally, I wouldn't be for it, but there is an i, there is a sense of what's the point in keeping these players? Why not, you know, Start looking six months ahead and start looking to you know get a team that can get a get us out of the championship and moving uh, and moving all the relevant players on.
0: Yeah, I mean potentially they've got um, relegation clauses as well. I mean obviously we don't know the ins, ins and outs of the deals, but there's potentially money to be saved by not waiting until we go down because it sounds kind of you know I'm not I'm not resigned to the fact that we're going down, but by that point if we have nine points it might make sense. And as you say, I'm not necessarily for the idea, but I could see why, why we would do it if we did do it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. There's, there's some, there's a monetary sense, sense to be had there. Uh, that sort of wraps up what we're going to be looking at in January. Now we go forward to what everyone's favorite part of the show is, at least it is mine. I hope it is yours. It's the quiz. Fulham. Hello. Yes. And welcome back. It's quiz time. Uh, Round one, guess the figure, and just a bit of a heads up, you can score 18, a maximum of 18 if you're listening at home, and 14 points uh, are possible for each of our two contestants. And here we go with round one, guess the figure. In 2004, Fulham beat Newcastle 4-1 on the road with an outstanding performance from Mark Crossley between the sticks. Crossley was saving shots with all body parts, including his face. How many shots did Newcastle have on target that day? And, Mr. Dom, I will go to you first.
0: That's a good one. Um, 14.
1: You'll go with 14. And, Mark, how many for you?
2: Absolutely no idea. Uh, I'll go with eight.
1: Eight. Okay. It's a point to Mr. Dom, because apparently he saved 20 shots (laughs) on top.
2: Unbelievable.
1: I do do remember that game. I do remember that game distinctly. I. I lost track with how many shots he did. It was was an outstanding performance. And he kept his place in the team for a couple of weeks after that. Then we lost 4-1 to Chelsea, and that was the end of that. So, anyway, a point to Mr. Dom. Question number two. Bolton Wanderers are the only side, other than Newcastle, that Fulham have taken the most Premier League points off. So, basically, Newcastle, we've taken a certain amount of points off them. They're our record. But we also have Bolton on there as well. So, how many points have we taken off Newcastle in our time in the Premier League. This is out of 24 games, if that, ge- if that gives you any help with maths. Uh, Mark, I'll go to you first. How many points have we taken off Newcastle?
2: Um,
1: out of how many games did you say? 24, so if my maths is right that's out of 72.
2: Let's go uh, 45 points.
1: 45 points for Mark. Mr Dom?
2: Um.
0: My first thought was 38, but let's go, with, let's go with 40, just to make it a bit closer.
1: Well, you've been right. Either way, it's a point for you, Mr. Dom, because it's 39 points, oh. 24 games. So either, way, so either way, you were right. Question number three. How many goal scorers, how many different goal scorers have Fulham had in the Premier League so far this season? Uh, Mr. Dom, you first. How many different players have scored a goal for us? Uh, in the league? In the league, yes, just in the league. Uh, I
0: can only think of three. Yeah, three. Only
1: agree. Okay, Mark, same you do. Same to you.
2: Uh, I think it's
1: five. Bingo! In fact, I'm going to bingo. It is five, so I'm going to give you a bonus point, uh, for that, which screws up the marking system totally. But yeah, we'll go with it. It's Christmas; everyone's having fun. Uh, yes, five different goal scorers this season. So it's Mitrovic has got seven. Shela has got five, which for all his criticism about how many shots he wastes, that's actually pretty good. Uh, Abu Karkamara Kamara has two. Jean-Michel Cherie has one, and Ryan Sassignon has one as well. Question number four: Ibrahim Sisse has played the least amount of minutes for Fulham so far in the Premier League this season. How many minutes has he played? And Mark, over to you first. How many minutes has Sisse played this year?
2: Um, I'm gonna say. 16.
1: You're going with 16. Max, same to you. Uh,
0: I think he played most of a half of one game. 25.
1: 25. Five. Point goes to Mr. Wyatt because he has played 17 minutes. Oh. They're very good with there. Now, moving on. Round number two. It's the back and forth round. And... Um, I, th- I don't know whether or not Danny's written this in preparation for our time in the championship, but anyway, um, basically, I've got in front of me the top 10 players who scored uh, our top 10 goal scorers from our time in the championship, Uh four-year spell. So I want you to name our top 10 goal scorers. Uh, Matt, I'll go to you first.
0: Ross McCormack.
1: That's the easy one. Of course he's there. Yes. Mark. Uh, Alexander Mitrovic. He is on there, he's number seven. Oh, so yes. back to you, Matt. Oh, by the way, Ross McCormack was number one. I don't know if I had to did I had to uh, distinguish that, but it, I'm pretty sure it was obvious, but just in case. So yeah, McCormack won Mitrid seven. Matt, over to you back.
0: Moussa Dembele.
1: Yes, he's on there. He was number five.
2: Mark. Uh Tom Kenny. He was number two
1: with 25 goals. Uh Matt.
0: Suddenly struggling now. Um, Hugo Rodriguez, he got quite a few in our
2: first season, I think.
1: He did indeed. He got 10 overall. Mark,
2: to you. Um, I'll go with Stefano Hansen.
1: Indeed. He's got 19. He got more than Moussa Dembele, if you want to if you want to believe that. Matt, over to you.
0: Ryan Sess.
1: Ryan Sess, indeed. He came third. He has 20. Mark, over to you next.
2: Uh, I'm going to go with Floyd Aite.
1: Floyd Aite, is on there. He's he came sixth. He had thirteen. Uh, one guest left from each of you, Matt. Oh
0: man, this is hard now.
1: Just for the purpose of you've you've managed to get the top eight between you. Okay. <laughs>
0: you um, uh, I've got to take a pun, Shawnee Aluko.
1: Unfortunately, no, he was twelfth on the list. Oh. He had he had eight goals. So, Mark, a chance for you to extend your lead. You um, one
2: more? I th- I think I, I'm gonna go safe with Chris Martin, but I was gonna throw a curveball out there and go Scotty Mello, uh, but I'm, I'm gonna stick with Chris Martin.
1: You're gonna stick you're sticking with Chris Martin, and you would be correct. He got ten. Um, he's uh, came in ninth on the list. The one person you're missing out on, Lucas Piazon. He's ah. got ten.
2: Oh, wow.
1: Uh, so, round, so, there was a round of order, McCormack 1, Kenny 2, Sessegnon, Johansson, Dembele, Aite, Mitrovic, Rodiega, Martin, Piazon. Coming in at 11th was Niskins Cabano. Coming in 12th was Sonny Aluko. Coming in 13th was Abub Kamara. Coming in 14th was Corley Woodrow with seven. And coming in 15th was Matt Smith with seven. Right, round three. My favourite round is guess the player. And before we go into this, Matt you are on six points. Mark, you are on eight points. So it's all to play for. It's the guess the player round. So I'm going to give you 10 facts about a Fulham player. You just have to tell me who you think it is. It's four points if you get it in the first three guesses, three points if you get it in four to six, two points if you get it from seven to nine, and one point if you get it on number 10. So keep track of your own scores at home. Okay, here we go. Fact number one. This player is six foot one. Fact number two, he has played over 100 games. Number three, he has captained Fulham several times. That's several, not seven. No guesses, so the four point is out. Fact number four, he has represented Fulham in the top two divisions. Fact number five. Stop. Say again? I have
0: to go. I have to go for Hugo. You've got
1: Hugo Rodieger, Okay, Matt has gone for Hugo Rodriguez at question number five, I believe. Uh, five. Uh, fact number six. No, oh, no, four. You've got a fourth. Right, sorry. Fact number five. He's only played under one manager. Fact well, number six. <laughs> he has played for Scotland.
2: Oh. He's only played under one manager.
1: I only played under one manager.
2: I'm so confused.
1: You got a chance before I go on to number seven. You got a chance. Want to guess? You,
2: you, you carry, carry it on. Carry on. My mind's blank.
1: Okay, number seven. He became he came third in the Player of the Season vote for the past two seasons. Question number eight. He once scored a cheeky goal with his backside <sighs> at the putt the end.
2: Yeah, it is K Mac, isn't it? I- how- That's Martin, really he harsh
0: because he, he hasn't played for Ranieri, has he? Oh Martin,
2: my god. Cameron, true? Oh my god.
0: That's unbelievable.
2: I had K Rack in mind when you said six foot one. I thought it's going to be too obvious. I'm not going to allow that. Oh, well, that is such let's a let's cheeky last, little part.
1: Let's go through the remaining clues just in case, but matter of the disclosure and formalities. Number nine his name abbreviated is easily confused with Big Mac. <laughs> I think everyone should have worked it out by now, but we'll go for it. Number 10, he co-lifted the championship playoff trophy on the balcony at Wembley. If you haven't got it by now, then shame on you. Um it is, of course, Kevin McDonald. So I'm gonna give uh which one did you get it? You got it off the cheeky end. You got it off number eight, so you get one point, which leaves you with a grand total of nine points. Uh beating hey. MacDonald with a score of nine to well played, six. Mark. Yes, yeah, so congratulations to Mark, you win the quiz. And as your prize this week, you get your very own Mohamed al fired as Santa Garden Gnome. I'm pretty sure everyone has got one of them already. <laughs> so you'll get the second one.
2: Thank you very much.
1: Indeed. Right. Now we move on from the quiz and we've got one last thing to do. Fulham. Welcome back. And that one last thing to do is to look ahead to Newcastle United. Now this is a team. Now I've got a Newcastle supporting best friend, and he has vehemently said that we are Newcastle United's boki team because I think he's gone to see Fulham Newcastle six times. He hasn't seen them even get a point, so for some reason he's not feeling all that confident ahead of this weekend. But let's just get let's just get into the let's get serious about it first. Do we want to classify this as a six pointer already? In you know December 17th, yeah, you know, we were talking about them, weren't we? Classified West Ham as a six-pointer. So, do we want to do the same with Newcastle, Matt? You first.
0: We've had about five of those already, haven't we? So, what's the harm?
1: Yeah, what's the harm in having another one?
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a six-pointer. We've got we've got a win, and yeah, at this point, it doesn't matter how it happens. You know, one nil. Get Rico to save 20 shots or whatever it takes. Just do it. Just stop the ball going in the net. Put Dennis Adore in the bin, and let's hope we can get something out of it.
1: I think that may be the one and only time in history that Sergio Rico and Mark Crossley will be in the same sentence together, by by hook, by way by by hook or by crook. Um, Mark, same question. You know, same question to you. We, we know this is we know this is must win. Do we think we can win? Is is a, is a, is a different matter entirely.
2: Uh, Yeah, absolutely. I do. Um, I think, you know, historically, St. James's Park has been somewhere where, you know, there's always been a lot of late drama. um, And, uh, you know, as results go, we've always done quite well there. It's provided us with one of the best away days we've had in the last few years as well. Uh, So I I think we've got every chance of going there and getting a result. I think if we can play to our strengths, uh, and keep Newcastle uh kind of pinned back. Uh, then I think they can go into their shells, and I think West Ham proved it a few weeks ago when they went there and did them over three 0 Um, I think they had a similar result as well. Uh, when Wolves beat them at uh, at St James's as well, I thought Newcastle played well for patches, but they're very similar to us. In that they uh, they're not clinical enough uh, in their chances. Solomon Rondón's had a good couple of games recently, and, and he'll be a threat. Um, but I honestly think we should have enough quality to beat them. Uh, it's just a case of whether, well, which which Fulham are going to turn up on the day. I guess it's it's going to be um, an interesting match to say the least.
1: Indeed, and sort of looking at this from a from a, from a tactical perspective, do we see how many how many changes do you envision us making? If no, if any. Uh do you see us making any changes to to the back line or do you think we're gonna finally get some some stability and go for the same back three, uh say back same back four rather for three games in a row. Matt, do you think do you think we're stick gonna stick or twist, as it were?
0: I think it sort of depends on Mawson's injury. He you know, he got taken off against West Ham, um, which by the way, I think, without having watched it back, was Dennis Adoy's fault again. But it, it kind of depends on that. I think Ranieri has for whatever reason decided that that's the four he wants to go with. Um, so if they're fit, then I imagine he will go for it again. Uh, that's not that to say I agree with it, but I agree that we need consistency in the defence, and that's the only way we're going to improve. So you know, if 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 Adoy starts, then so be it, and we'll get behind him as always. But um, I don't see many changes. I know a lot of a lot of people are asking for Seri to be dropped. But I think actually a big part of the reason we we went off the boil, apart from being two 0 down, was when Seri came off. We 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 lost that kind of controlling of possession in the middle, and I think he actually for the mistakes he makes and for his his lack of tracking back, that's that's not the kind of player he is. And he actually did keep the ball moving quite well against West Ham. So I think <laughs> I, I I want doy to come out uh, and Christie to come in. Uh, and obviously, I want AK to be nowhere near the starting lineup. But aside from that, um, I think it will be much the same.
1: Right, fair enough. I, I do like the fact that there's, again, it's similar to what Callum Chambers went through after the whole, uh, after the Arsenal game. You know, Denzel Doyle, so be it, as if we're re- resigned to the fact that he's a terrible player, which which I think is a, is a tad harsh, but I can certainly see where you're coming from. And again, Mark, just sort of on a tactical, formational basis, how do you see us lining up? How many, you know, uh, you, you mentioned earlier about uh, strengths and weaknesses. Where do you, what do you think are our strengths, and how do you think we can sort of line up to get the best out of them?
2: You know. Uh- it's difficult because I, I I genuinely look at that Newcastle team and I think we can exploit them down the wing, um, but unlucky for us, our wings you know aren't exactly the best part of our team. Um, I think I agree with Matt. I'd bring in Christie. I mean, in an ideal world, I'd still like to see Stephen Cessney get a run out. I think he's ready for it, and I think he'd offer us something fresh. Uh, so I'd like to see him get in the team somehow. I think Maxim Lamarche has, you know, credit to him. I think he deserves a run uh, if he's fit. I wasn't massively impressed with Joe Bryan, but then again, we do need a lot of pace down that side, so you know, it could be uh, could be needed there. The midfield, I wasn't, you know, I, I wasn't too worried about them. Like Matt said, keep Seri in the team. Kenny needs a chance to keep proving himself and keep getting minutes under his belt and hopefully he'll give us that captain's performance we, we desperately need of him now. Um I'd like to see Ryan Sessignon back in the team, as I'm sure we all would. But more than anything, I want to see Mitrovic come into his own against, you know, a Newcastle side who who threw him out in the cold. Um I really want to see him grab a goal, maybe two, maybe even three, who knows. Um, I, I just want to see us kind of get lift off at last, and and, and give all of us travelling fans, you know, uh, a bit of a boost, which I think we all deserve. But that's all going to come with a with a team cohesive performance. Uh, and it and it and like I said, I think that those kind of battles are going to be on the wing. Whether that means that Scherler drops out because he lacks the pace, and you know, unfortunately, it could be seen as Ranieri likes him so much, we could stick with AK. I guess we'll find out soon. Uh, a word for Vietto, maybe. Um, I don't know what on earth has happened to him. I think after that horrendous forty-five-minute appearance he made, was it against Bournemouth? Was that the right game? I am thinking of when he was absolutely shocking, and and since then he's kind of been frozen out a little bit. Maybe we'll see him return his way to the bench, but who knows? It looks like we're starting to play Ranieri Bingo at the moment, so I am looking forward to uh, two o'clock on Saturday when that team lineup comes out for sure.
1: Ryan, right, I suppose there's really one last thing to do before we before we wrap up, and that's get a sort of official, unofficial score prediction. Matt, to you first.
0: Oh, it's difficult. I th- I think we might get a one all. It's funny. It's funny that it's that kind of game where against West Ham, and after that game, I'm sort of thinking I've, I've resigned myself to the fact that we're done for. So it's just the sort of game we're going to go and win three 0 or something like that, just to kind of bring that hope back, you know. But I think we can get something. I think I think a win might be a bit beyond us, but I think a one all might be might be what we get.
1: And Mark, same question over to you.
2: Uh, I'm going to, you know, hopefully, fingers crossed, this is going to break a couple of ducks for us. Uh, I'm going to go for a 1-0 win, so it'll be our first away win of the campaign, our first clean sheet of the season, and hopefully Mitrovic will score in the 91st minute against the Toon Army and celebrate in front of them accordingly. So, yeah, I'm going to go for a 1-0 win.
1: I know for you, and similarly, I'm going to do it. I'm going to give Mark the pleasure, sort of as I did last week. Uh, 8.06 p.m. on the 17th of December, 2018, Mark predicts that we are going to get a clean sheet. So put that in your calendars, trademark it, whatever you want to do. All the stuff for us to sort of do is to say goodbye, um, uh, say goodbye from all of us. Um, it's It's a goodbye from Matt.
2: Goodbye, mate. Take care.
1: It's a goodbye from Mark.
2: Goodbye, mate. Thanks for having me.
1: Thanks very much. And all that's left to say is that we are just going to be going on a little bit of a a winter break. English football finally gets a winter break. It's just coming through us. There's going to be a bit of a podcast break and there will be a pod back on the 28th of December in between the Wolves and Huddersfield game. And then we'll be back into a normal schedule on the 8th of January. Uh, which I believe is after the after the FA Cup game, but just because the podcast is stopping, that's not going to stop all the wonderful Q and As and blogs and articles and all that sort of stuff that's going to be coming out on the Full and Focus website. So, by all means, do keep a do keep an eye from that. And one last thing before we go, glad that I have the privilege I have the privilege to do this. Have a very very happy Christmas and a new year. If you don't celebrate Christmas, whatever holiday you celebrate, if you, even if you don't celebrate a holiday, whatever you decide to do between this time and the new year. Have a good one. Let's hope the results start to go our way, and we'll be able to enter a new year much on a much happier note than we have than we have been in the last couple of weeks and months. So once again, a happy holidays and a happy new year to every single one of you, Fulham fans that is listening. All it's left for us to say is, come on, you whites.